What factors or concerns should we be aware of before pursuing a pre-closure deal? Also, as we begin to do multiple deals, is it okay for our LLC to be the owner of all the properties or should each home have its own LLC? Hello. Hi. I'm trying to ask a question um, about a property uh, that I was trying to put on the contract. Okay. And, uh, okay, you can hear me? Oh, great. Yes, I can hear you. Who am I speaking to? Oh, super. It's Glenn from the UK. Glenn, how are you doing? I'm fine. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So what was your question today? Yeah, my question was, um, I um, I had a lead. I think it was from a, a, the Gold Club uh, lead, um, uh, from the v, VAs, I think, yeah. And um, I, uh, it, it, the property the, the was selling for 150 He had it advertised mm-hmm. for 150 on for sale by owner. And um, then uh, we agreed... Um, uh, for him to for me to purchase it at one twenty five on a straight option, and obviously I'm not there, so I need somebody to actually go and put it on the contract um, and you know open the door and you know get it signed, get the paper mm-hmm. signed. Uh, anyway, I contacted um, an agent just you know off the internet, and uh, the agent uh, has. Well, well, I asked her just can you just put it on, have a look at it, and tell me so, tell me if it's okay, and put it under contract. And uh, what she did when she got there was like uh, tell him if he wanted to put it on the MLS, and then she asked uh-huh. me, okay, what's your what's your role <laughs> then? You know what I mean? And it was like this is crazy, you know what I mean, kind of thing, because obviously I would have advertised it um, for one five nine. Um, uh, and therefore, there would have been thirty-five thousand profit to to make on finding a buyer. So mm-hmm. I just wonder: is there any way of, you know, since I'm not there, I'm out of state, is finding the right kind of person or somebody professional to 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 do this for me without having to have the realtor uh, come in there and maybe demand the six percent or you know what I mean, or just cut me out of right. it. Okay, and that that is a great question, Andrew. Do you have a you you probably got some great insight on this? You deal a lot with our front end with our clients. Yeah, so if I understand uh, uh, the question correctly, you would you'd like to wholesale the deal? You're buying it on the MLS, and then wanting you're out of out of uh, not in the area that you're you're buying it in, and you'd like to uh, figure out the best way to to wholesale it, right? Well. <laughs> The best way, yeah, well, it, only in the sense that, you know what I mean, I'm not there. I'm not 
I'm out of yeah. state. I'm out of the country. I'm doing this yeah. in the distance. But I need boots on the so, ground. And the boots on the ground tend to be realtors. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't know anybody else like who can do it professionally from a distance. So yeah. So a bit of a headache. <laughs> let me put it this way. I've never, I've never successfully got a deal under contract with a realtor and not closed it and sold it with the same realtor like that. So either we, A, close it, and then I have a realtor sell it, or B, you know, get a contract on it and then, you know, find a buyer and do a double close that way if we, you know, if we're going to wholesale it. Um, boots on the ground, we, you know, we do use realtors quite a bit, but when it comes, again, to a double mm-hmm. close and a wholesale, um, I I always highly recommend somebody in the area who you know and, and trust who can, you know, go out, put the lockbox on, uh, maybe show it a little bit, uh, those mm-hmm. those sort of things. Um Take some calls. Be be a good face there. Uh, yeah. Because again, yeah. It, it, you know, for that double close, that's very important. Definitely. So, yeah. okay. So the with the the realtor now um, who's um, was suggesting that the um, the vendor um, put it on MLS now, so she will obviously get the six percent. Um, uh, yeah. I'm sure it's not going to be the flat fee. Um, one is going to probably be the six percent, and then I'm totally cut out of the deal. And I'm thinking, how can I, how can I get back in there besides having a referral fee? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because it just went belly up, because you know, well, I haven't heard from her yet as such, but she went to see it today, and I tried to, you know, change it around and say to the person, well, if you put it on MLS, you're going to have to pay the six percent. If you don't, then I'll. Um, uh, obviously, you don't have to pay, and, and, and I will independently and aggressively uh, advertise it. Right. <laughs> so if I no, that is, especially being deal far deal. away, <laughs> it's easy to uh, you know to lose control of a deal like that. So yeah, uh, sounds like you're doing the right thing to try to maintain you know your place in it. But by the same hand, I, you know I've seen deals like that fall fall apart before for that reason. Mm-hmm. I also um, wanted to ask this another question is um, yeah, shoot. Uh, how can I uh, get like an acquisition maybe uh, from uh, you know that can work for me from a distance because it's like I'm setting things up and uh, it's just the boots on the ground uh, that is you know more so holding me up really yes. um, and I just need like you know, a situation where you could just have the leads coming in because I've got the, the VA system I'm going and obviously I've got the leads that come in and, you know, I can't uh, phone all of the all, all of the, the yes leads. And I'm, sometimes I just want the lead without me having to phone it, to be, give it to somebody to just yep. use their initiative, so, or, you know, or give them a brief and they can do it. Yes, and another great question, and it's, and uh, I, I want to answer that briefly as well. And then I'll, I'll, Aaron, uh, Aaron had actually muted his phone when he read that, some instructions for anybody else who wants to get in the queue to ask questions. He'll reread yeah. those instructions here in, in a second. Yeah, right after this call. Yes. Yeah. So basically, uh, as far as an acquisitionist, the Wolves have a tremendous acquisitionist system, which I love. Uh, but just to just to break it down in a in a you know less than sixty seconds. Uh, clip, mm. what I would say is uh, somebody who can be trusted, who you get a non-compete with, and who's good with people. Mm. 
uh, and can be mm. good with sales. Our, we went through um, about three acquisitionists that were absolute. Well, it didn't go very well until we found mm. one who uh, who was amazing at, at closing the deal, at you know following up with people and, and at doing that. So, it has to be somebody who's entrepreneurial enough, so to speak, that mm-hmm. they you know they're not afraid to work on some. Uh, commission-based type situations and and be uh, mm. and uh, incentivized with bonuses maybe is a better way to put it, but also not yeah. so entrepreneurial that you know they want to work with you for six months, figure out what you're doing, and then go elsewhere and start your own business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what kind it's of what kind of what kind of uh, um, offer would I offer if I if I found an acquisition who could just take the flat lead and just run yeah. with it and, and do it basically yeah so what we way we again and, and this goes into great detail in the wolf uh acquisition system which i'd highly recommend um but it, it goes into all the pay down structures but we we build it where they get a uh, a base weekly pay uh against like okay. a draw and then where they actually yeah. get uh, a percentage of the all bonus. the money they bring in all the net profits they bring in Okay, I see. Cause yep. I, you see, I just heard I heard Ron say that in one of the um because uh, I listened to the question and answers on the Gold Club site, and I heard him say we even get um uh, uh an, we have acquisitions that produce, uh, and you know yes. what I mean. I thought, wow, that's what I just need. You know what I mean? And they've got the incentive exactly. to produce, and they and then you can have them anywhere. Basically, that's you know exactly I mean? right. Within reason of the taxes, so that's the, the system I'm trying to 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 get up. Basically, you know what I mean. Um, roll in automation. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for the questions. And Aaron, you want to read that section again too? I I sure will. Thanks again. Um, yes. So I, I had muted my phone out uh, by accident when we first started this call. So let me repeat this. Uh, this is the second Monday of every month call that we do. Uh, Gold Club members, you guys can submit prior to this call your lead sheets that we can review right here on the phone. Um, if you're uh, if you're not a Gold Club Gold Club member, you can listen in, but you cannot ask questions. Um, and then, uh, if you're a, a Gold Club member and would like to ask questions or discuss the deal you submitted, you press star six to be entered into the queue. Um, if you did not, if you are a Gold Club member and you did not dial into the interactive line that's listed on the Gold Club membership site homepage, uh, you'll want to hang up and call back in using that phone number and the access code uh, that is there if you want to ask any questions. So once again, I apologize about that mistake on our end, so we'll go ahead and move on to the next caller right now. Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Hugh Wells down in Temple, Texas. Hey, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. I sent uh, four in there to you today. All right. Let's see what we see. I got them right here. Hugh Wells? Yes. Uh, let's see. Right here they are. Andrew, you looking at those two? Yeah. And uh, I actually uh, I bought the uh, the pretty house uh, material from uh, Ron, but I get yes. stuck up on where I am right there now. I've got a bunch of – I've got four yeses there. But, yeah, I see uh, that. Where do I go from, you know, to negotiate that uh, the price? And I've heard it's taped over and over and over and over, but I can't seem to get it right. So that's why I called, said I'd send. That Absolutely, Hugh. Um, 
So, Andrew, you are our – it seems like these two first questions have been for Andrew on how do you get this transition from getting the yeses to closing this deal, Andrew. Uh, are you talking about over the phone or out in the field, Hugh? Uh, over the phone. Over the phone. All right. Yes. Um, Andrew, you want to you wanna weigh on that first? Then I might have yeah. some input. Yeah. So, basically, um, I would say a couple of things. Uh, number one – um, I like to have the three main scripts that we use. I like to have those in front of me when I get on the uh, get on the phone with the seller. So, which uh, those three main scripts that we use all the time for the yes leads are uh, owner financing closing call, subject to closing call, and the uh, a sandwich leads purchase closing call. Okay, I forgot so to say like I'm in Texas. Yeah. Oh yes, you're in Texas. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. I, I failed to. So under yes. So uh, forget the lease purchase, right? Uh, <laughs> so you get your uh, uh, two main closing call scripts, and for everybody else, your three. And uh, and and I like to have those out on me, so that way I'm never caught off guard uh, with the seller. Anything that you know may may transition. Maybe uh, if they if they like this one says free and clear. I notice um, on Colonial Avenue. Sometimes, you know, we'll call them and, and wind up they had a debt. They misunderstood the question. So I like to have those out in front of me and then essentially follow the script, any objection answers that I face, and I, I just go in with uh, two main uh, objectives. Number one, making sure they're flexible and realistic. I see on this first one it's a little it's a lower-priced house, but I see uh, he thinks it's worth 85 and he's asking 59 Correct. So that's cool. you got a little equity there. Right, uh, and I just go in with you know two main things. Number one, uh, if I wouldn't be, I mean, I'm going to try to get a little uh, little money off. It wouldn't be the manly thing not to, right? But uh, <laughs> but, but I, uh, I I would go in, probably not being up too hard of the price, just asking the questions, uh, getting as low as I can, making sure there's a monthly payment that works, making sure he's realistic in that. There's still room, and then uh, setting the the deal meeting, uh, and then last question. Uh, if if I come up to the house and you you know we come to numbers you like me and I like the deal are you ready to move forward and sell your house while I'm there and that's pretty well the objective which is exactly what the script takes you through uh, but that's the objective for me every time I do one of these right that that part about the down payment I never can get that I've heard Ron go through it a few times it, uh, I'm assuming yeah. that you're I, I ask him the question. Uh, now, I assume you uh, may I assume you're selling nothing down. That's it. Uh, or if if they bring up mm -hmm. a, a down payment before I get to that part of the script, uh, magic words. Uh, Ron's magic words are, uh, well, we usually buy with nothing down. Uh, and whenever I say that and I stop, I'm shocked at how many of them uh, will say that's you know no problem. I said we usually buy with nothing down. Uh, will that work for you? And a lot of times they'll say yes, or they'll say, well, I need a little something. And then, of course, my next question is, uh, you know, what's, what's the least you can yes. be able to work with? Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Hugh. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have one other question, if you don't mind. It's a little quick. Go ahead. Where do you guys, uh, where do you, can you refer someplace that you can get comps from on the Internet? Yes. Um, what we use a lot is uh, realestateabc.com. We use that, which Ron, Ron uh, recommends highly. 
Okay, uh, and then, of course, you know, from time to time, we will pull some off of our uh, own MLS, if, which I'm a realtor, so we have the ability to do that. Or if you have a realtor that you know that you use, to I, get I don't pops as well. So, so real estate uh, ABC is your probably your best realestateabc.com. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I don't want to take anybody thank else's you, time. Thank you. Oh, thank you're you, fine. You. Thank you so much. Mm. Hello. Hi. Good afternoon. My name is uh, Lenny Klitsky. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing great. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Um, so right now I have so I have a buyer who is looking to put sixty thousand down. I'm in uh, Southern California. So home prices here okay. are uh, the average is a lot higher. It's like four fifty five hundred. So. Um, Absolutely. It's difficult. It's difficult. What, I, the, what I'm running, the issue I'm running into is that that higher price point is um, the conversations, there's not as much flexibility. I understand we're looking for a smaller part of the market. I understand that, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to look for, um, you know, somewhere in that two to $300 price point, two to $300,000 price point. And so the issue I'm running into here in Southern California is that those homes that are priced at that price point are, basically in the sticks. And so yep. um, that, and, and the people that are trying to sell four or five, four or 500, um, they're a lot, you know, the, the, it's a lot more tricky and difficult to find those individuals. Um, mm-hmm. There's also a lot of demand here in Southern California. So I guess I'm just looking for, you know, if, if you guys have, aside from the usual stuff that has been recommended, if there's any unique things that might um, I be able to implement that would work. Sure. So um, it sounds like to me your, your issue is finding the right buyer that, or the right seller that's properly motivated uh, that has the type of homes you're looking for. Is that correct? That's what I'm understanding, correct? Correct. Okay, so uh, first off, you know, you've got your you've got your standard ways that you you know I'm sure you're using like Ron's Go Clubs, probably the free leads that you get there. I always tell people start with those, no matter what. I don't know exactly where you're at in your scale of your business. Uh, secondly, uh, at that at that point, I would also be using some other things like targeting specific lists that are hot in your area. Uh, a lot of times, Christy King will have insight uh, on that in regards to what yellow letters, you know, I would say be targeting those that would be more prime uh, or open to the type of deals you're uh, trying to purchase. Uh, And then thirdly, I would also do some online targeted marketing. Um, You know, Facebook specifically, we like to use that uh, from time to time uh, to to target those uh, specific, because you are looking for that specific uh, set of sellers that, uh, you know, have some situation that they need to uh, move on I don't have the time to work through, you know, a situation. I quote traditional way. I do know the market is hot right now, but you know, you can still find those if you're targeting the right sellers. Andrew, do you have any input on that? I would basically just say, and actually, one of my uh, California students just graduated. And if you're on, Steve, how's it going, brother? <laughs> um, but one of my California students has been having a lot of success um, with, with different mailings, targeted mailing mm-hmm. lists from, uh, you know, Christie's Recommends. I know several who have had uh, success with either uh, the vacant mailings with uh, uh, out of absentee out-of-state owners. I know we've had mm-hmm. that. So uh, like you mentioned, number one, free leads. Number two, uh, you know, targeted. And then number three, if you can figure out ways of marketing to get them sellers calling you. So I always say there's a two-fold process. 
again, I don't know exactly where you are in your scale of business, but uh, the more you very, I'm, I'm on maybe six months in. Okay. Sweet. Cool. Awesome. So I always like to look at it this way. The more I can improve my, my closing call and, and, and the more I can improve my use of the script, the better I, I am at getting the people who are on the fence to teeter to our side. And then, mm-hmm. people, Very good. Uh, you know, my other, uh, other way is to find the motivated sellers that, you know, quite frankly, need to sell and don't just want to sell. Okay, so what I just so I understand, um, my takeaways are focusing on maybe some different lists that I'm not using currently, and Christy might have access to those, be it the vacant mailings and also the absentee out-of-state owners. And then um, those are a good way to find those sellers that might be a little more open to terms and those higher price points. Mm-hmm. And then also utilize – do you guys have anything on, like, how to execute Facebook, that whole game of Facebook – targeted marketing? Is there some stuff online? Do you guys maybe have a, a, a bit of a small kit that sort of walks you through all that stuff, or is that sort of hit or miss and trial by fire? That's something we actually picked up a lot on uh, when we went to um, – oh, shoot, what's that called? Information. Uh, was it information? Uh, marketing. Mm-hmm. Ron had a course about three years ago, and we was really uh, a, a unique course, but we went to that and, and picked up – but. Um, Again, done properly, uh, it can be – we do a lot of free, so we do Facebook Marketplace. Uh, you can advertise on Nextdoor. You can advertise on Craigslist. A lot of free Facebook Marketplace ads looking for houses. And then, you know, also on our business page, we do paid ads. Uh, the, the thing that stinks about them is, you know, I've seen people spend a lot of money in trial and error choosing the wrong targets. You know, we we, right. we spend about five bucks a day on an, on a campaign until we get it perfected. But again, there's so many free now with neighborhoods that you're looking at, uh, so many pages even per neighborhood, and again, the marketplace. So there's a lot of free sources on Facebook. So... So not necessarily routing through Facebook, but Facebook's platform serves third parties, and then I can use those third parties to present those ads via Facebook. Yes. That, do I understand that correctly? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Best of luck. Hello? Hello. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, um, I have two. I have two questions actually. My first question is, what factors or concerns should be should we be aware of before pursuing a foreclosure? As as in uh, purchasing it as a, as a subject two, is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Great question, uh, Andrew. You want to you want to put your input in on that one because those are tricky. Oh, sorry, I had my phone muted. Oh, uh, no, he, uh, <laughs> he was asking what, what, what we should, should he be aware of before pursuing a foreclosure as like a, a terms purchase deal. Well, for people in foreclosure are a bit of a protected species, so definitely. Well, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I meant to say a, a pre-foreclosure. Oh, a pre-foreclosure, okay. Uh, so on a pre-foreclosure, um, what, I, what I do is I go in, I get the information, and, it, you know, so it's not foreclosure yet, but they're behind on payments. We usually get a bank statement, send it over to our real estate attorney to start the title work and find out from the bank 
um, mm-hmm. what it's going to take to bring it current, and we close it like a normal transaction. Most generally, if you can bring it, from our experience, when we've been able to just close on them, and you know maybe they're three or four thousand behind, or maybe even more, but at closing, uh, you know maybe you have a non-refundable uh, option deposit lined up from our tenant buyer, and use that if you need to 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 pay them to bring it current. And when you bring it current at closing, and then the payments are just current, we've had basically no problem with that at all. Uh, once it is in foreclosure, it's considered foreclosure, and they have to give you a reinstatement amount. Sometimes that can get a little tricky uh, when you go to take that over because the seller, you know, is thinking you're buying it and they're going to be headache free. And I tried to be very sh- sure when I go to a deal meeting in that case that I. I am not guaranteeing them anything. I hope the bank, you know, takes our money and it works out, but I can't guarantee anything. So I just leave it very open-ended until we, you know, get a hold of the bank and verify so we don't, you know, disappoint anybody from the deal meeting to to the closing tables. Okay. So basically, yeah, uh, to recap that, you do want to verify everything. You want to be very cautious in those situations and be very careful in what you promise them and what standard uh, or, you know, what, what you're able to guarantee them versus what, what, what you say versus what you guarantee them. You want to be cautious on how you word those things. So, yeah, that would, that would probably be my recap of that as well. So that's perfect. Right. And what was your second question? Well, my second question is, you know, I'm, I'm new to a real estate investing, okay. so I, I was uh, awesome. thinking if, as we begin to get multiple deals, like is it okay for our LLC to be the owner of all the properties or should each home have its own LLC? So uh, I would definitely – which state are you in? I'm in Alabama. Alabama, all right. Uh, we like to put everything in trust. And, Andrew, you want to break that down a little clearer to him real quickly on that? So we try to set up our business just like Ron lays out his quick start manual, which it took us a little while to be able to start doing that mm-hmm. because, you know, trusts are not as commonly used as in, the, in Indiana. So we had trouble finding an attorney up front that would be able to do it. So we just used LLCs for the first little bit until we was able to uh, get our our everything together around trust, but now uh, we have one trust per property uh, is how we set that up and and how Ron uh, you know recommends in his book again with a quick start uh, manual he lays out exactly how many LLCs you want depending on you know uh, where you are in your finances if you want to do some tax free in your IRAs things of that nature uh, so we just try to follow uh, to the T what he teaches but again mm-hmm. one trust per property is how we do it. Yep, I got it. So can um, uh, a, can an LLC be the owner of a trust? Beneficial interest. Okay, I got it. Well, thank you. I surely appreciate it. Thank you very much. You have a good evening. Thank you. Hello. Hey, my name is uh, Dean from Atlanta. Dean, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, top of the world. I right have on. a problem. I spoke to somebody today, and they responded to one of my signs. The, um, the house, when I did a, you know, you know, real estate ABC, mm-hmm. um, the, and I'll just say the Zestimate right now because I can't see what the, um, that website is saying. But the Zestimate sure. was about 130000 
They okay. were asking uh, 100000 or they were trying to get somewhere around there. They owe 14000 There is some, you know, water mitigation type of issues um, that they have going on in the bathrooms, uh, weak floors, things like that. So it's, it, it's, there's going to need some repair done to the house. Um, mm-hmm. But in that, should I approach that with, uh, with maybe a lease purchase or owner financing, or should I always shoot for owner financing first? Well, it all depends on your type of business. If we're going to buy that, if we're not going to do a cash deal on a situation like that, we like to uh, we like to control the asset as much as possible. So we like to do uh, an owner uh, owner financing, or, or this case would be subject to with a uh, additional on top of that. The way we would structure it uh, before we would do a lease purchase. Andrew, you want to break down that a little little clearer to him? Yeah, I go in uh, only time I want to do a lease purchase, which mm-hmm. possibly. Uh, to this point in our business, we've been doing it for five, just over five years and mm-hmm. just over 350 deals. I have yet to do our first sandwich lease purchase just because I turned everybody <laughs> on our finances. Yep. Um, so personally, I'm not a big lease purchase guy unless you you don't want to own it because uh, the debt is, is a high leverage situation or small cash flow. You know, if there's a reason you don't want to just take control and, and own it, uh, would be the only time that I would say don't push for it. Other than that, I always push for owner financing. Uh, to this point, perfect track record, always gotten it. And uh, and so that's how we kind of uh, focus it. And if it's a, uh, a mortgage involved with a little bit on top, we'll take over the debt. Uh, and as the Wolves call it, super sell of financing, no interest, no payments on, on the amount above the mortgage. Uh, and it's just due when we sell the property. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, that sounds good. And, and generally the, the, the path that takes is you would – do the purchase sales agreement, you give them some type of consideration uh, with that, and then from there um, you would set up an appointment with an attorney. Yes. Yeah. Okay. To finalize. Yeah, so we get a purchase and sell agreement. Yeah, purchase and sell uh, okay at the property. That's what I always like to use. I say I, I, getting an okay at the property. And uh, I will get it okay, send it over to the attorney, and then of course you know head for closing. Have your closing, and that's when you would put that's when you would put in place the um, the land trust. Yes, that's when it would. Yeah, that's when it would transfer to your uh, uh, what warranty deed to trustee in our in our yeah. Okay, the purchase and sale simply says. Basically, that the terms laid out, and then you're exactly right. The trust, all that, mm-hmm. is, all them documents are completed at closing. Yep, at the attorney's office. Right, and 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 whenever you're signing the trust or on behalf of an LLC, you would say this is Dean, you know, manager, or on behalf of this LLC and or this trust. Is that correct when you're signing? I would. Um, I can't remember the exact verbiage on ours that our attorney has up, but it's basically whoever's dean, um, our, our manager on behalf of XYZ Trust or XYZ LLC as trustee. Okay. Because All right. that, yeah, that's how that's ours is structured, at least. You can have that conversation with your attorney Absolutely. as well. So with your you... attorney. Absolutely. To make sure okay. that's done properly. 
Okay, that sounds excellent. All right. Best of luck. And congratulations. That sounds like a great deal. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hello. Uh, good, good evening. Uh, Eddie McGay from New York. <clears throat> uh, I have Eddie, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well, and I thank you for the opportunity to speak with you tonight. Uh, Absolutely. I have two, two questions. Uh, what is your mm-hmm. first name, sir? Uh, I am Aaron, and then Andrew is on here as well. That's my brother and business partner. We, we do these Q&As together. Thank you very much, Aaron and yeah. Andrew. Uh, I was at a... Uh, some kind of a, a get together with Ron, and he spoke about a skip tracer. Uh, specifically, yes. what this was involved was uh, I do prospecting, and I, you know, find properties that may have some potential, and then I go to the tax records, the town hall, and oftentimes the owner comes up, and the address of the owner is the property that I'm looking at, but there's no phone number, there's no secondary address where the person is. So I was wondering, would the skip tracer be able to help me find these owners of these properties? And how could I access a skip tracer? Hmm. That is a great question. I have not had any experience using skip trace or skip tracer. Andrew, have you, do you have any insight on that? It works. I've had students who have done it. It can yep. be uh, time-consuming and, and costly. Um, I've done yellow letters to vacant houses. Uh, I've just found other ways to work a lot better, or, or Jay's foreclosure system now at the courthouse for final orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, never, I've never successfully implemented, although I've messed with it, I've never successfully implemented the skip trace system or had any students that blew up with it. Okay. Um, what I, I have a an associate that has a, a law enforcement background, and I had him do it a couple of times, but I don't want to wear out my welcome with the guy because, you know, Understood. when I when, when I do the prospecting, I may have a dozen a dozen properties that I would like to communicate with the owner in some way, and I find it difficult. Uh, but you said the yellow letter, just mail a yellow letter to the address to, on the tax records? That's what I do, yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you, uh, Aaron. And my other question is, uh, I often heard Ron refer to that you get a down payment, uh, for example, whether it's a owner financing, but when you're working with the buyer, uh, let's mm-hmm. say the buyer says, okay, I'm going to give you $20,000 down payment. Now, that $20,000, uh, and, and let's say the term with the buyer is three years. And okay. after, the th- after the three years is up, would that $20,000 down payment that the uh, buyer put up on you know, starting the, the transaction – does that twenty thousand go off the price of the? Uh, uh, the, the, the does that twenty thousand ever come back into the deal? Does it ever come back to the? So uh, the way ours is structured, that's a, let's say we'll use their hypothetical of a twenty thousand. That is considered a non-refundable option deposit per the contract. At the end of that three years, I believe you used that hypothetical to thirty-six months. Um, yeah. You know. 
technically per our contract, uh, per Ron's contract, um, you know, their option has quote expired and, um, you know, they, they are then, I believe Andrew helped me with this. Is it on a month to month then at that point? Is that how it's structured? Correct. Ours is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how ours is. And so, I mean, it would be up to the seller or in your case, your case, uh, how you wanted to handle that situation. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've never, uh, I've never not let someone use their option deposit, uh, when they've been out of option. Uh, so I couldn't tell you how that would go down. Uh, technically, uh, ethically, yeah, I've just you, not been able to do that. So that Andrew, you have an input in that to make a yeah, sum that you, up. You was asking uh, if I understood the question right. If uh, the, that money from the buyer would have to be transferred to the seller if uh, if we ran out of time on our time with the seller. Is that what your question was? Uh, actually, Andrew, my question is. The buyer gives me a $20,000 down payment, okay? And I lease option the, the house to the buyer, and he gave me $20,000. And in three years, the guy says, okay, I got my credit squared away now. I want to close on this deal. And let's yep. say uh, I, the, original, the original agreement with the buyer was uh, the house would be sold for $200,000, now, mm -hmm. does the, when, when the buyer goes to the bank, is he going to go and borrow 200000 or is, this, is he thinking he's going to borrow 180000 because he put a $20,000 down payment? Yes, he would be borrowing one hundred and eighty because of the $20,000 down payment unless you and him came to a new price agreement. Uh, but the twenty would always come off the purchase price. But let's just say... For example, there's appreciation in the area, and you had an understanding going in that you guys would renegotiate price if he couldn't get a loan in, you know, say 12 months. Okay. All right. So if I, if I, I just want to repeat in English what I think you said. When I negotiate with the buyer and he gives me the $20,000, um, it's okay for me to assume that that buyer on that $200,000 house is only going to have to pay 180,000 because of that 20. So it would behoove me not to spend that $20,000. Well, we always uh, mark them up enough. I'd say always, I'd basically always mark them up enough. Uh, we almost never make less than 20 on a deal. Uh, right. So we, 20 is profit anyway. So we always right. have it set where, you know, it's going to be our money if they cash out. Uh, you know, normally we still even got a little more coming right. uh, when they do. Okay. If they do, and then if not, you know, somebody else comes along. Yes, if your deal is that is is that slim, you do want to make sure you 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 know. That, well, this is my this is the way I like to see. You know, if if you've got twenty thousand and you you know only ten of that's profit, yeah, I would I would want to be careful how I structured that. Uh, you know, with that other twenty that you've got back in. So yeah. Right. So uh, what I would, what I, what I'm, uh, as we're speaking here, what I would think is um, if, if, let's say it was a three-year term, then I would inform the buyer, you have to, you have to get, re you have to get financed within three years. You have mm -hmm. 36 months. And uh, if you don't get financed in 36 months, well, then that, that, down payment that twenty thousand dollars is not refundable. 
Absolutely. That's made very clear up front that it's a non-refundable option deposit. Okay. All right. So I would structure the deal and tell the buyer, uh, you have 36 months to get finance, to get financing. If at the end of that, then that uh, $20,000 non-refundable deposit is null and void. We could, yes, we could it does extend. not go back to them. Absolutely. Right, it does not go back to them. Yeah, we could extend it correct. if you want to, and you can continue to pay it, and, you know, you can, you know, get another three-year term if you want, but the 20000 is gone, lost, and it's gone at this point. Okay, mm-hmm. I think that was up. All right, Aaron you and got Andrew, it. thank you for your help. You're welcome. Hey, thank you, Eddie. Best of luck. Thank you, sir. Hello. Hello, this is Michelle from Juneau, Alaska. Michelle, how are you? Good, thanks. Um, so we are in a, a little peculiar situation here because we don't have any um, real estate investment groups and whatnot in our area, so we're kind of limited to finding out some information. And um, we're just getting started. Uh, we were at the quick start in Tennessee in June. And I just had some questions okay. regarding um, attorney stuff, like uh, kind of, you know, how do we how do we find a real estate investor-friendly attorney? You know, what are the things we need to ask or say? Because we uh, fell into the hands of one that we feel is maybe not an investor-friendly attorney. Um, she's trying mm-hmm. to tell us that we cannot do the the things that we're trying to do with like a purchase and sell agreement or even an option deal. Um, because she okay. she says we can't market the house until the deed is in our name because that would be procuring a buyer for a third party. And, but, if, um, but if you do have a so contract with earnest money, you have equitable interest, right? Okay, and I tried to ask her that, and she tried to act like she didn't know, you know, what I was talking about, and I, I feel like she very well knew, but. But like I said, I just mm-hmm. I think we fell into the hands of a non-friendly real estate investor attorney. So um, we're just kind of wondering, you know, how do we find one that that we know is going to, you know, kind of like be on our side for this type of business? What kind of things do we ask them? Yes, and yeah, you you don't have that first one, which is finding them at your local real estate group. So yeah, you got that out already. Um, I can tell you for us, and Andrew can weigh in on this as well, because he was really the spearhead on this. But briefly, it took a lot of phone calls, a lot of prayer, a lot of hard work to find ours, uh, because we started out without a REA group as well. Um, Andrew, you want to go in detail on how we went about that, because I know you were the spearhead of that at that that time. Well, I basically just got on the phone and called every Mm -hmm. phone number I could find, uh, until one of them yep. turned my call. Yeah. Uh, and finally, when one did, uh, then I went and met with her. And, and fortunately, she was, a, she was a fairly new attorney, and she worked under a very brilliant attorney. So I had access to a very well-known, brilliant attorney while, while paying the price for the, for the newer for attorney. The junior, junior attorney. So yes. uh, she's handled transactions beautifully. So basically, I did two things. Number one, I start calling around looking – if you have a deal on a contract, uh, you know, they definitely call you back. Um, Much quicker. Yeah, you might okay. get one out of five to call you back instead of one out of ten. But by the okay. same token, I'm getting, uh, um, you know, and that didn't stop me. So I would just hmm. ask them a couple of things. Number one, I was very, I'm a very transparent person, and if, if I'm not, I come across as, as, as not. So I just told her, I said, look, 
uh, you know, here's what I'm looking to do. I took in the subject to uh, paperwork, and I said, you know, have you closed these, and are you willing to? And she looked it over and, and talked to her superior and said, yes, uh, we'll do it. So that's basically what, you know, what I look for is that flexibility. Uh, if they're used to doing it, it's great. Uh, they may know some bad habits. You may have to retrain them a little. Uh, if they're not used to doing it but they're open, it, you know, again, I, I just needed in the beginning. I just need somebody that was willing to, to, to handle it for me and understood it. So. Yeah. Okay. So it, so it, it, takes some, yeah, that, it definitely takes some trial and error. Yeah, yeah, and I and I guess that's the that's the thing I'm looking for is just be be transparent. Say this is what we're trying to do. Are you willing mm -hmm. to do it? So that's good. Um, the other thing is we don't. I guess here we don't close through an attorney. We're in close through a title agency. So um, at this point with our contract, like we already have a contract. Do we since we're not closing with an attorney, do we need to find one at this point anyway, or can we just move forward with the title company? I'd say I do. We close with a real estate yep. attorney. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is I would definitely want an attorney to approve my documents and close with them. Even uh, in Evansville, I could count. I couldn't count on both hands how many times that we've been told, "Well, you don't have to close with an attorney in in Indiana." Um, you know, I guess technically maybe that's not, maybe that's true, um, but I can't tell you the times it's saved us uh, in a situation whenever a uh, seller would would uh, be unhappy about the way a deal was structured when they realized that there was profit there, whatever it may be. Uh, and having uh -huh. that close with an attorney just gives you that added uh, layer, I feel like, of protection. Okay. So even if they, even if the attorney says, oh, typically all the closings go through a title company, mm -hmm. you can still close through an attorney. You don't have to go through the title company. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we we always want our attorney facilitating it, so we do it two ways. There is title companies around here that have an attorney who works with them. Um, as long as the uh, you know the title company will have an attorney sit in and facilitate the closing, that's fine. Or if you know if the attorney wants to do it at their office, and, and you know we've also done it that way where the title company will put all together all the paperwork, so it's you know it's cost more cost effective on getting it put together, and it's the real estate attorney for the real estate attorney to, to oversee the closing. But as long as the real estate attorney is overseeing the closing, that's our main objective. Okay, all right. Um, let me see. I thought I had one more follow-up question. Um, Oh, also, do any of did you guys run across this, or have, or maybe even any of your students, where the lawyer, um, the attorney, does not want you to use the preformed, uh, you know, agreements that we get from Ron? Um, is the attorney adamant about writing up every single contract because they they say every contract is different, therefore they need to write up a new contract every time you get a deal, and not let you use the pre. The, you know, <laughs> no, uh, they're getting oh, okay. to add the extra dollars to their to their bill. Sounds like to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I would just so, do so two you're things. finding that you can use those. Oh yes. Now there is that okay. being said, you know, if it's a subject to deal with a little money on top versus a, uh, you know, a straight subject to yes, mm -hmm. there is a little document change or, or things or the CYA letter. Uh, my attorney actually added four lines to it. Uh, and I think changed one line a little bit that was it was it was specific for Indiana law, but
But, uh, but yes, I mean, they can use that template. And, you know, the, the thing that, that they don't like or that this one probably doesn't like is, uh, you know, he or she don't get to put four hours into writing a new contract. They, they have to put one hour right. into editing this one. Uh, but, you know, yeah. the way it works. Okay. Okay. So once your attorney did that little change, then you were able to continue using that same document. You didn't have to keep making those changes with that attorney. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. That is yeah. correct. Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for all your help. Thank you, Michelle. You have a great evening. Hello. Hi there. It's me again. Again, yeah, from the UK. I just wanted to just yes. um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, continue from that that last lady's comment um, uh, because uh, when I have a, a realtor. Uh, for example, going to put something on the contract, what do you do when they insist, oh, I want to use my contract uh, rather than the ones that we have from Ron? If you have a realtor wanting to use that, okay. Is that, is, is, is that if they're bringing a buyer to your deal? Is that the context of the question? Well, if, if I'm actually, if, if they're just going to, uh, to close a deal, basically, to have, um, a, a contract signed, but they seem, seem to want to bring their own and not use yours. Because, you know, in my situation, what I want is somebody to just go and, and, and open the door and get it signed. Um, but they're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I just better use mine. <laughs> so, you know, but I don't know where we stand and, there. Andrew, you want to answer that? Yeah, so a couple of times I've let, you know, a realtor, when I'm strongly involved, use their own contract when they wanted to feel better <laughs> about it. But absolutely, I will not let them run it and write the contract. Uh, you know, if they're being a realtor for me, then that's fine. But if they're not, then I don't want them yeah. to. It sounds like you're, sounds like you're looking for an acquisitionist and a realtor, and your realtors want to be a realtor, not an acquisitionist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you got it. Yeah. Oh. You, you so got that. You got that thing. figured out. Yeah. Okay. No, that's. Uh, but but and something to add to when you was asking about an acquisition is uh, where, where are where's your farm area? I know you're out of the country. Where's your farm area in the United States? Like is it? Uh, um, do you have a Florida, Orlando, area? and Florida, Orlando, and Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. And do you have? Because uh, you was asking about finding an acquisitionist, and I wanted to ask this earlier, and I did not get a chance to. Uh, do you have uh, anyone there that you are connected to, business-wise or personal, that you can start with uh, to work on uh, procuring potentially uh, an acquisitionist? No, not really. It just uh, a, a, a realtor reached out to me, and okay. she's quite reasonable. But I mean. There's not. There's only one of her, and you know I get um, you know things coming in from different parts of of Florida, okay. and obviously some of them are out of her area too. So I'm okay. I'm really stuck in that sense, you know. Okay. Okay. And um, look, I want to I want to follow back up with that, but before we do, I want to run back by you. We've got about uh, about eight more minutes on the call. If uh, if you are a Gold Club yeah. member, and you do have any other questions. Uh, you can uh, you can hit uh, star six to be entered into the queue. Uh, we have about eight more minutes, so guys, feel free to do that. Um, okay, so back to what you were saying. I was going to ask you if you had anyone that you had even a, you know I guess a remote amount of trust that you could start from to work your way into finding that acquisitionist. So that was kind of the the premise for my question on that. 
Um, well, I if, don't really have anybody to, you know, who's that okay. deep to find me when I know then they don't okay. seem to be around. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, I, uh, as far as your original question, yeah, I would definitely, um, I would definitely try to try to use my own contract. It sounds like she is trying to uh, make things a little difficult. So yeah. I hope that I hope what Andrew said there helped you with that. Okay, yeah, I just have another uh, okay. uh, um, thing. I don't know what what's the wolf system of acquisitions. What, what what is it, and where can I? Uh, the wolf system of acquisitions. Andrew, what's that? What's the name of that? Like just the uh, the title of it. She used to look it up. Uh, it's just called the acquisition system. Okay. I'd call their, uh, I believe it's 1-800-RICH now and ask them for their acquisitionist training system. Yep. There you oh, go. Okay. Oh, the training system, so I can actually train somebody who's not. That is work. correct. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. Oh, yes. that might be an answer for me. And uh, I've got another two quick questions. Um, uh, one is also JV. When you actually find, um, it's finding the tenants, um, basically, and I'm wondering where we can access uh, the best. Do you have any recommended um, JV lists to either do straight options where you're looking for cash buyers um, uh, or the tenants uh, as such? You know what I mean? I, you know, I'm aware of Craigslist and all these places and advertising mm-hmm. it out, you know, through the VA and sure. what have you, but I'm thinking that there are people there with lists that, are, that you know, exist already and how can I, uh, what, are, what are the best ones uh, that you could recommend? Have you ever used one yourself where, you know, it's just quicker, uh, you lose a little bit of profit, you pay an entrance fee or something, and, but you get the deal, the deal done and you can move quickly. Transaction engineer? I understand what you're saying. And you're talking about a list for, like, like basically a, buyer, a buyer's list or a lease option buyer's yeah, list. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Okay. We uh, we have had a few brought to us through realtors, which obviously we will have to – Andrew's uh, brilliant at structuring those deals when they do come in. Um, but honestly, our best our best way of uh, finding those lease option buyers is through our uh, Craigslist targeted Facebook marketing, um, our uh, the, the Facebook Marketplace page. Uh, of course, you know, the, the basic put the sign in the yard. Uh, those are our ways of most generally generating our lease option buyer lead list. Uh, Andrew, do you have any input you want on that? Okay, no. so that sounds good. Okay. All right. Sorry, did you want to say something else, <laughs> your partner, your brother? I'm, no. Andrew, did you have any more input? No. No. Okay. Okay. Well, this All is right. a well, I, question. Yeah, I had a quick deal, yeah. just a very, very quickly. I had a, de- a, a deal which is current at the minute, and the owner mm-hmm. um, uh, is asking for um, the, 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 the rent is over mm-hmm. the market price, like because obviously they were trying to wait against the, um, uh, the pay down, uh, the deposit that they, they wanted. In other words, if you didn't have the deposit, um, then they were going to... Mm-hmm. If you didn't have all the deposit, then the, the rent would be higher, so they'd t- you know scrape it off the rent. But anyway, the rent was out of market, you know, about four hundred or something out of of market. And I'm thinking, you know, what can I do in in, in that situation where you know the, the rent that they want is out of market? You know what I mean? And when the market speaks, you know, I, I won't be able to go anywhere with it. But the price um, uh, is you know within sort of the estimate. So, so, you know, and, and the price is no big deal, as, as Ron says, with the terms. 
so what can I do in in, in that situation? It you know, um, uh, I, I just, tried to pull down. I just make I'm, not, it. I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah, so I just make it very clear to the seller, uh, you know, and again, if, if they won't come down, it's probably because they're not motivated enough yet in time and yeah. circumstance change yeah. every seller's mind. But I just make it very clear to them, you know, obviously there's no point in me doing the deal unless there's some room there for me to make profit because I'm not a not-for-profit on purpose. And uh, and yeah. either they get it yeah. and they, you know, give me room or they don't, and, uh, you know, I'll follow up with them in 30 days. All good questions. So thanks again, guys. I appreciate okay. it tonight. Thank you and very much. Up. I really appreciate it. My first time on um, uh, this, and I'm, you know, right now it's like one o'clock in the morning over here, so I have yeah. to wait. Yeah. Up okay, it, okay. So thank you so much. I love it as well, and thanks for well, on as well. <laughs> thank, yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, thanks again, uh, everybody. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. And uh, until next time. <laughs>